You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with Eric Story. Eric Story is a personal trainer based out of Miami Beach, Florida. He is an outstanding personal trainer, and there's so many things I could say about this individual, but I'm just going to say this, and then I'm going to let him do all the talking. I'm going to ask some questions. He's going to do the talking. He's a really hard worker, man, and he... Uh, that's important to him it's important to me because uh he puts his heart and soul into it and i tell you what you will not meet someone who's more dedicated and committed and it's a great honor to have him on the show welcome to the show eric thanks for having me mark i appreciate the warm welcome right there absolutely man so eric is a listener of colin coward and he loves sports radio and sports in general. Loves training, loves knowledge, loves neurons. So I think this is going to be a great show. And I've been trying to get him on. But here's the problem with Eric. He trains so many darn people, it's hard to get a free window. <laughs> so now we have one. Uh, Eric, how's training going? How's life? Life is great. Training is going just as good as life is. Uh, the, the clients are going well. My personal training for myself is going great as well. It's, uh, it's uh, always learning, always getting better, always improving. That's right. So, Eric, let's talk about your start in training and, you know, everything. I know you have humble beginnings. Talk about where you where you come from, where you grew up, and then why you got into this field. But start early because we want to know what you were like before you became so focused. So maybe you were always so focused, but just talk about your, your early years as childhood. Okay. I um, grew up in a small town, probably 15, 20 miles south of Richmond called Hopewell, Virginia. I was raised by my mother, my stepfather, and I grew up with my three sisters, Brooke, Stephanie, and Melissa. I also have another sister, Summer, from a my biological father's second wife, but that's a little too much to get into now. But um, I grew up with, so my, I was raised by my mother and stepfather in a small town of Hopewell. Um, had a good childhood, had a good childhood. My mother raised me and actually um, had, a, had a good life. I grew up there and she um, instilled work values in me at a very young age. Had a, I started working probably around 10 years old. What were you doing at 10? I had a paper route. I had a paper route. So I grew up. I loved sports. I played, you know, in Little League, I played everything, football, baseball, basketball. But as I got into high school, I I uh, stuck to basketball. and actually didn't play my last year, but uh, I loved basketball and just, just didn't didn't finish it out, unfortunately. What do you think uh, pushed you toward basketball? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I guess I was I was a taller kid for my area. I was like I was this, the same height I am now in like tenth grade. So I was like six three in tenth grade. And that kind of like I just I just love sports and I love Jordan and people like that. Right. So he kind of inspired me to play basketball and just I guess I was too soft that time to play football. To be honest with you, <laughs> no, I, no, that's not true at all. I, I find that hard to believe. I'm sure. You uh, what what was your position? Power forward. They actually had me at center, and center. I, don't, I don't feel that was the, the best for me. But because of my height, I kind of right. got stuck with that. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, that's what happened. Was there a center at the time that you, you liked very much? In basketball, I was more of a Jordan guy. Like Jordan. I said, I, I idolized Jordan, Pippen, and, uh, and that was that was it for that era. Jordan's yeah. incredible. You know, of course, I have a question at the end. Sure. I was going to ask you who the greatest <laughs> basketball player. <laughs> but we'll save that for the end. We'll get your yeah. thoughts at the end. Yeah. So you gravitated toward basketball. You said you didn't play your final year, but you loved sports growing up. Then right. let's talk about after high school. After high school, I got into. Um, I, I I went to work at a. Uh, was supposedly the the job back where I'm from. It's a it's a factory, and if you get that job, you're just the man, and you're set for life. That's the thinking right. back home. You know what I mean? And then uh, that I was there for probably five or six years, and uh, then I left that company. And then shortly thereafter, I got into personal training. You know, I got into personal training while, while I was still doing construction and plumbing. But um, I, f I fell in love with fitness right after high school. First off, mm -hmm. I didn't do any structured training the training program at least back when i was in high school wasn't good at all it was actually non-existent which is unfortunate it makes no sense to me looking back now right. but right after high school i got into to lifting weights with a with the push of a cousin of mine and i got into it like i said at the time for obviously wrong reasons but it quickly became a passion and it's just my life and it consumes my life now you know so right. it was probably the best decision I ever made and February of 98 to walk into that gym, American Family Fitness, that you know very well as yeah, well. Um, right. It was just a great decision, and it's been a life-changing decision that day. <laughs> you know, with me, I 
the first time I was in the gym with my grandfather in, in the middle school years, I w- it was really hard for me. And, and I've told this story. If anyone's tuning in for the first time in the previous podcast, I mentioned this story often. I, it was actually really hard for me. I hated it. Mm-hmm. But something happened like the f- after the first time, after the, f- in the first few times in the gym. I just it really started to like the feeling of, you know, to be quite honest, suffering pushing through that barrier and accomplishment that made me feel some sense of worth and accomplishment that I really never had. Yeah. What was it for you? Same thing, same thing. Like I was a very, very insecure um, kid, very insecure and shy. And uh, like I said, I saw that the, the, the positive results my cousin had got from it. And I was the same way. I didn't even like when I first went to the gym, I wouldn't even do bench press. I was embarrassed because I couldn't lift the bar off my chest at 18 right. years old. And that's, 100, wow. that's 45 pounds. It would literally crush my chest. Wow. Um, so it's just, you know, just sticking to it and sticking with it. Eventually, I got out of my comfort zone and tried moves that I was uncomfortable doing. And I got stronger and stronger and, you know, just carried that throughout life. Right. And, you know, you're working, you were working the, uh, you got into fitness while you were working your factory job. Mm-hmm. And at what point do you transition out of that into fitness and then talk about your transition down here? I don't know how much time is in between, but, you okay. know, take your time and, I, and I was doing, all of it. Yeah, I was doing um, construction work, plumbing work, and then uh, I was also training clients. And construction work, you know, would get slower, so I would take on more clients. But it was just, I was more like doing studio private studios back in Virginia and also under, like I'd be the person who goes into the gym and trains clients at their gym you know what I mean like okay. We, <laughs> okay. I'd be that guy unfortunately but um and I kind of look at my fitness careers I didn't really I have a lot of years in the field but I don't, I don't feel like I even evolved until I moved to Miami in 2012 so I look at it that, that was like my rebirth of my life and my career you know what I mean? even though right. I'd done it years before I moved here maybe six years before I moved here um, not as large of a scale as I'm doing now, not as many, you know, because I'm seven days a week full-time now, you know, nonstop. But uh, I kind of look at, view it as I evolved when I first moved to Miami, and yeah. that's, what, that's what happened. It, so you decide to pack your stuff up and move to Miami, and yeah. what made, you know, what made that light bulb go off and say, I'm going? Well, it's just, going. Uh, the, the stuff, it's kind of a funny story, a past relationship, they um, took a job, allegedly, in Fort Lauderdale, and that relationship actually blew up in front of me like the day before I was getting ready to move and I'm like well I've told my clients I'm moving I we've already had going away you know cookouts and stuff I'm oh, wow. I'm still going so I uh, <laughs> that was like a Friday I um, loaded my car up and the, the apartment was in this person's name her name and so I had no place to live I parked my packed my car up with Jordans and clothes and a safe and drove 95 south listening to Creed the whole way down greatest hits um, <laughs> That's great you album, know. by the way. Uh, great, great song. Yeah, great I, don't, I don't know what, it's just like a movie. I mean, you'd see this, this script in a movie. But um, I came all the way down and, and I winged it for the first two weeks, stayed in hotels. And then I met another gentleman, Ryan DeGale, who I'm very grateful for to right. let me stay with him. We would drive and, you know. Shout out hour, to Ryan DeGale. Yeah, I'm sorry. We'd drive an hour and a fourth back and forth from way from Pembroke Pines to Equinox every day. And it was just a. Uh, that's how it got started on a, on a kind of a whim, you know. I mean, I, like I said, I could have said, "Oh, well, I'm staying in Virginia and stayed here and went back to my old company," but I decided to just take a chance. I was kind of ready to get out of where I was from, you know. I was right. really more than ready to get out of where I was from, mm-hmm. so it was just a opportunity, and it's just I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna uh, let those people down that first believed in me, you know. And that's a big step, man. Most people, I don't think most people realize that even a bad situation or the situation where you feel where there's more, you know. I whenever I hear your story. I, I think that Eric's story felt there was more for Eric's story out in this world, and he wanted to go after it. And even in a bad living situation, something it wasn't necessarily bad, maybe, but something that you're really, you know, not okay with. It gives you some sense of security. So to break that, that's a big step, and take that step. I mean, that can be, you know, yeah. a, a risky step. And then you're in Florida, yeah. and then you don't know anyone, and then you're making an hour and a half drive both ways every day and it's traffic if anyone knows miami that's no picnic of a drive no it's not it worked out like i said it worked out west because like i said they always hire five or six trainers at a time and uh we would be there from 5 36 in the morning until 10 at night so it worked out we were there we both met business very very fast both you know we're off the floor in probably 90 days or less and built a huge rosters so it worked out to our to our to our advantage and what did you see what changes did you see in the culture from where you came from in the Miami culture? I know there are pros and cons, but what are some of the things that popped out to you right away? I think it's all, all pros, to be honest with you. It's, it's uh, more more open-minded. I look at, like, back home, unfortunately, like they 
I wouldn't say they're closed-minded, but they don't evolve. They don't evolve. They never evolve. It's like they're stuck. If something's as good in the 80s, it's still good to them now. You can't, like, you, you kind of got to keep growing, and that's how I feel like Miami's multicultural. It is multicultural. It's very open-minded to many things, and that, that's a... It's a great place to be for that reason. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities here. If you if you have a work ethic here, you can really do good in any field you are in. You know, right. we see that every day in every field, not just fitness, but right. construction, sales. Just just show up on time, be personable, and <laughs> organize. And that help goes a long ways. Right. And I tell the story. I'm not sure how exactly how many years I was at Equinox before Eric arrived, but I tell this story to anyone who's worth or is interested in listening. I remember this guy showed up, and he was. It happens every once in a great while, but I don't remember it happening for a long time. And Eric showed up in a suit. He was a very sharp-looking uh, suit. And he was very professional, and he came in, he interviewed, and the next thing I knew, he was hired, and he was on the floor. He would approach any single person on the floor. And it was one of those things where you say, hey, don't approach that person. It's a waste of time. They're not going to train. It didn't matter. He would go right after that person. And I thought that that was interesting because I hadn't seen anyone do that before another individual that I know. And I'll tell you something. Um, I said, you love this job, huh? This is easy for you. And that was after we were on our feet for about 14 hours. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, this is the easiest job I've ever had. Of course, saying that coming from a construction background, yeah. which I don't know personally, but I know very well through my brother because my brother's a construction worker, and he works extremely hard. But Eric went on to work very, very hard and just really immerse himself in the whole industry, uh, developed a wonderful, uh, wonderfully respected reputation for being a hard worker and doing the very best he could regardless of the circumstances. So, you know, you're working at, at Equinox Corporate Fitness, and – Talk to us about your next few steps. So you're there. How many years are you there? I was there uh, about three years total. I was there about three years total. And uh, it was a great learning experience for me, meeting people like yourself, Louis Barone, Ryan DeGale, and also, you know, learning so much from people like uh, Mario Darwin. It was just a, just a tremendous experience and the education they offered and the people I met. I mean, the meeting, like I said, yourself, Randy, and just you meet so many good relationships with people there that, that you know, memory's going to last a lifetime. We just built, built strong bonds, and it's just uh, – so I learned a lot there, um, so much there. I mean, I, like I learned – I trained my changed my ways of training and my ways of thinking about training the way I train everyone. It's just right. evolved, you know, so much just from, just from that experience there. It's just been it's a great learning experience. I mean, we were able to accomplish a lot as a group there, like club of the year and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So it was just oh, a, yeah, just a tremendous you know that experience. Was, that was a great group, man. It was what really a great was. group, good people. And what what I always thought was interesting was. I, I compare it to college. When I first got to the school I went to, the University of Richmond, there were a bunch of uh, upperclassmen at that school that just weren't go-getters. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were a few of them there. There were some really great people there. But I think the core group of them, they just they had been o they're over it. They didn't work as hard. They just didn't buy into the culture. And then when we got a, a, a few new guys there, they bonded together, worked incredibly hard went through some really challenging things together and then what happened was the members in college it was like kind of like the community and the the students at this corporate wellness facility that we worked at the members kind of rallied around those trainers and they were extension of the trainers so the whole community changed and that's what they call talk about building your tribe building your community building camaraderie among people and it really became like an unbelievably positive place but by the way it wasn't like that before yeah, they said it was very hard like uh hard to make it there so that's what i remember one of the um sales advisors told me she's gonna take said it's gonna take you about a year to build business here i'm like right. wow yeah. you know, but i wasn't really yes. buying that but i mean yeah. <laughs> i didn't accept you know negative right. talk like that in right. my mind I'll, also a shout out to jacqueline Kaysen and uh michael asher as well the two other people that right. i bond with very well there so i right. um, don't want to leave them out but yeah like you said it's just uh it's supposed it wasn't easy to make it there and you get i think you helped turn the company around as well turn that location around yeah. as well and just more positive pieces that started heading in, in a upward direction for sure yeah, man, what a great ride, and thank you for your kind words. Uh, what about when I, where I'm from, I'm from Fall River, Massachusetts. I went from Fall River to University of Richmond and then bounced around to several cities and actually countries playing <laughs> sports. But when I went to those different countries, it kind of broke down some beliefs I had about people and about uh, energies and, and opening myself up. You mentioned before, Eric, you know, open your mind up to different things and, and taking those blinders off. 
so to speak. What did you learn about people? Because Miami, as you said before, is very diverse, multicultural, and I mean, you're immersed in it. There's like 2,500 members there. There's, you know, you have, you know, interesting males, females, gay, straight, everything you could possibly imagine. It's a giant melting pot of personalities. What did you learn about people? People are just different, man. Everyone's just totally different in their beliefs, their thoughts, their actions, their their goals. I mean, some people are just happy with certain things and others are not. So it's just, uh, it's, it's just. I guess it, it really opened my eyes to, to stuff like that because I'm, where, where I'm from, it's like you, <laughs> you, most of I didn't really, I can't say I didn't really fit in there. Like it's more, you're into hunting and fishing and you're into like uh, Friday nights is like, you know, night at, you know, happy hour, you know, it's, so it's just a little bit different, you know, mine right. is much, much different, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Sorry about that, folks. We have we are not in Compton, <laughs> but there is a. Uh, it sounds like a uh, police car. Police car. Yeah, it sounds like. Me. I know a police car when I hear one. It's the Fall River in me. But sorry about that. Pass in a second. So you're at Equinox. You're working your butt off, and you know you really developed a wonderful business. At that point, I know you always had you know goals in your head, and even if they're goals that you don't want to tell anyone else about. At what point do you start saying, wow, man, this is like an incredible transition and I am really going to, because what people who are listening who don't know Eric, he, I mean, when I say they throw themselves into education, man, I mean, everything, really everything. I mean, the guy wants to learn everything and he takes his time to learn it and I struggle to learn, but this guy like soaks it up and he runs through it. What point do you decide that like, that's what you're going to do and that's the way it's got to be? I think uh, initially when I was there, like I would be the person who just took the in-house education and uh, what, they, what they had, I wouldn't really venture out and take it because I was kind of like, really, I didn't want to miss work. But now I look at it like as investing value back into myself, which pays off. Yeah, I might have to miss two days work to fly here or fly there, but I always take the, as you know, I take the f- late Friday night flat, flight out. And if I'm back early Monday morning or late Sunday night, so I don't miss, I, I like to miss as minimal work as possible. But when I was there, I realized I needed to, I was at a certain level. I was cranking out sessions but if you want to take it to another level i needed to to just get better you know get better in uh, my ways of thinking my ways of training and just add that add that more valuable value to myself and my clients as well and just the company as well so i would venture out and pursue other education as well when you go into these educational platforms these seminars these certs what's what's your mindset like and because you know some of these things can be pretty complex some of them are easy and some of them as i said before to the to the training staff they might not be things that i even care to learn backwards but i want to understand why people are doing that so i can either implement it or just make sure that that's something i absolutely want, i don't want to do and rule it out what's your mindset when you go into it like you said very open-minded there's a couple things i've taken like and i've paid for like you know the three-weekend course and then there was another one that I took that uh, I, I paid for all three weekends and two of the weekends I took and I wasn't really interested in it because I thought it wasn't as, as organized as I had liked. And there was only like one teacher for, you know, 35 people. So I wasn't taking it in. And like uh, actually me and Ethan were both there and we both thought the same thing. And neither one of us went back to the third weekend because it wasn't like it wasn't getting value out of it. So I didn't want to miss two days of work just because I had spent, you know, a few hundred bucks on this particular weekend. So like you said, you got to be open minded. And always if you take away, like you said, one thing from a certification or a few things, you know, like um, I mean, the maces are something I'll use for probably the rest of my career because the clubs will. And, there's, you know, there's things of RTS, there's things from DeFranco. So you always take certain things in and just uh, implement it. And you might not implement it for a long time, but it's uh, it's it's good to have in the toolbox and the, and, and the brain, you know, as well. Right. What changes have, you know, t- after taking all those courses, mm-hmm. what changes have you made? Can you speak to just a few changes that you made in your programming where, I always say when I train someone, man, you're, you're, you're lucky that you have me now because maybe like 10 years ago, man, I didn't know what I was doing. In 10 years from now, I'll probably think the same thing. So what type of changes have you made where you're really happy, like some some things that you're really high on and, and that you're enjoying uh, implementing with your clients, for your clients? Okay. Um, of course, like the, the mobility stuff is great as well. Looking back to programs I wrote like five years ago, which I still have them on, <laughs> um, it would be like three training exercises, you know, our core exercise. And now, like, my th- for instance, like my third exercise will be like, 
you know, uh, some type of mobility work that person needs, whether it be a piriformis stretch or a hip flexor stretch or calf, you know, dorsiflexion or something like that while they're active, active rest per mm-hmm. se. So I implemented that, you know, a few years back, and, I, and I, I'll always do that as well because the benefits of it. Because very few people, as you know, will do that on their own, whether they say they will or not. They're not going to take care of the mobility work on their own. Some will, but most won't. Right. Um, and also most, as of late, as I'm, I'm really into the, the west side and implementing accommodating resistance bands and stuff like that. So that's something that's really 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 interesting to me and i'm seeing the, the positive results with me and the clients that i use it with as well mm-hmm. getting stronger mm-hmm. so strength is is a focus right now of you know what i'm studying right now different types of strength and stuff right have you made those changes within your own program we're trainers oh, yeah. and we like to train as well oh, most definitely the same thing most definitely yeah what's your favorite exercise Squats, deadlifts, reverse hypers, yeah. <laughs> all three, they're equal. I probably prefer the, the, the speed squat, the, the band-resisted version. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really fun. Yeah, really it is fun. fun. It is fun. When you throw that tendo unit on the outside. I, I want to get, yeah. get one of those, I think, just for <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's very interesting to see what that speed is. Yeah. I mean, and some of those guys that I've been around, they can just spot it from across the room, like that bar's moving too slow, take the weight off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always impressed with that eye. You yeah. know, the eye and the tendo, if you can just move that bar really fast – it takes time, but that it's such a interesting thing to put in your training and then track it. Yeah. You know, um, and I see you doing everything accommodating resistance, and it's wonderful to watch because it's you're getting a lot stronger, huh? That and yeah, and then the clients like, um, for instance, Neril, um, she like I would use bands with her, and then like the next week I, I didn't. She's like, wow, you take the bands off, this is amazing. I'm right. stronger. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> she's a machine. And Beth as well, you know, she's she's liking a lot. She sends me texts daily about how strong she's getting in the pool and on the bike. So it's yes. definitely works. It's not fair to use Beth because she's <laughs> like she's a, a freak of nature. Yeah, yeah, she's a world class athlete. Beth. Yeah, she's a freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I, I don't. Her daughter tends the little anatomy yeah. here in the, at the facility. I think she's going to be an Olympic athlete. <laughs> she's going to be great. And she's going to pick any sport she wants. Yeah, she's going to be she's really good as well. So you do West Side System, learning all the education. What trends do you see in <clears throat> fitness and training that you know you're big on? You mentioned the mobility. You mentioned West Side. But where do you think fitness is going to go and training is going to go in the near future? Do you see any changes right now? I hear people talking about, like, the one-on-ones. Will go. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's very important. I mean, group, group, group classes are great. And I love one-on-ones, you know. I love one-on-ones. But, like, kind of like Pete said and, like, when I went to his workshop a few weeks ago, like, He's talking about, sorry, P.P. Bomarito. Yeah, he was saying, like, you know, you kind of see it all the time how, like, the industry will be one way where this – this month this sucks now next month something else sucks you know what i'm saying right. and like he said like and we agree we both agree on this everything is good it just has to have its place you know what right. i mean right. i mean other than the fact you probably will never see me have a client on a bosu ball or something like that like other than maybe a plank i'm not gonna have anybody standing doing bicep curls on a bosu ball but right. those are the things i think that were catchy years back that you know kind of i never got into but i guess some people did right. but um so other than that i think i think everything is good i mean you got on it's really hot right now um but the you know, there's, there's so many things out there. That just everything is good, like you said. As long as it's safe and you know has a has a goal behind it, it's it's uh, it's good. Understood. And I think the one-on-one training is so important. <clears throat> training is one thing, and we talked about the uh, the example in the group training meeting the other day. The psyche of the individual or the uh, understand the mindset of the person you're training is a huge factor. And yeah. I always say you can't really get to the physical until you understand where their head's at. Yeah. If you don't know where their head's at, you're pretty much going to be useless as a trainer. Yeah. And I'm by no means a therapist. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. But we deal with a lot of heady people because that's what it is. And if they had a great, perfect mindset, they were completely focused and disciplined, they probably wouldn't need us. Right. Exactly. You know, so how much of your sessions involve working with people and just try to chameleon yourself so you can, you know, be not, not only be relatable, but understand them, make sure you put them in a position to be successful. Because if you're just, I know that you're not just barking orders at them. Well, how no. much is the mindset in working with their psyche? The mindset's definitely important. I mean, I had someone come in yesterday, like I had a lower body session plan and she came in, she was extremely exhausted from being in New York, catching a flight yesterday morning. And so the first 15 minutes of session, we just did core work until she, we weren't sure we were going to have to be able to go do legs at all, but um, we had to like, I just, what we call auto-regulated and just first 15 minutes were just core exercises to her liking. And then she finally got her mind focused and then we were able to do this, have a very, very successful session and just always getting feedback from them. You know, like important thing is like how much, you know, how you feel and of course, how's your body feeling? Also, what have you had to eat the last few hours? Because a lot of people come in here and try to train and haven't had food in 12 hours and it's never a, it's never a good idea or you know water so right. it's like you want to make sure that 
you're aware of you know what what's been going on and what they've been eating and stuff like that and if they've you know hopefully they haven't had any drinks the night before stuff of that nature right. but you want to always be aware of stuff like that because so i walk in i'm i'm your client i haven't had any water all morning i hadn't had breakfast i'm not feeling really good what are we doing how do you handle that seriously Dave? we're gonna warm up and we're gonna go we'll just go by ear how are you feeling and we're gonna, you're definitely gonna have water after every every round through a circuit you know you're gonna, you're gonna be hitting water we we'll get you a bottle we're gonna you're gonna constantly hydrate i mean right. it's just uh i mean that's just not good i mean for it can lead to injury a it'd be it's just unsafe i mean so we're gonna work that way and just talk it out throughout the whole session right. it might it's gonna be a lot probably a lot less intense than i had planned you know right. but uh it's something's definitely better than nothing you know what i mean so, right you know, they talk about in West Side training a max effort day, for mm-hmm. example. Your max effort on that day, it's going to be different all the time mm-hmm. because there's a lot of factors that go into that. Yeah. If you wake up tired, yeah. if you're having a family argument, if you're stressed from work, if you're you know just sluggish all week, things will change. Do you modify immediately? And how do you? Like if you say you're going in there, you're doing deadlifts, you're doing band deadlifts or some sort of resi- extra resisted chain squats and box squats, are you going to modify that immediately to reduce the load? How do you accommodate For me for or that? for a client? For mean? the client. Oh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm definitely going to modify it. You know what I mean? It's just you can like uh, – it might even go from max effort day to, to, to something else. You know what I mean? Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, to something else completely. You know what I mean? I might totally just change the script because uh, – it's not wise to be in, you know, a max effort. You say lower body squat day. If you're, you know, you're you're working on two hours sleep, it's probably not going to be a good idea, in my, in my opinion, for most people. Right. You know, I remember one of my uh, mentors, Eric Seifert, told me. He said, if the body's not prepared to deal with force, and you decide to load them up, yeah, it's not. You're going to have all kinds of problems. Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's not, you know, it's not optimal. Yeah, for sure. train optimally. That's what they say. Yeah. Louis, Louis, <laughs> high on that. Train yeah. optimally. Yeah, absolutely. So we deal with all those things. Can you speak to a situation you had with a client that was really, really challenging and it was a breakthrough, but it took a while? Any stories like that you could speak to? Yeah, actually, there's a client that um, I have that I, I know he suffers from alcohol problem. And uh, he, he, he initially started off great and then he fell off the wagon per se. And, but eventually now, now he's back on you know, training regularly and he's actually had a hip replacement. And, you know, he's actually going to have another one, but he's actually training very well. And he's just his confidence is better. He's happier. You can just see it. You know, what I mean, he's doing very, very well. He's gotten stronger. He went from, you know, not being able to get up and walk without a cane to you know doing a goblet, goblet squat with thirty five pounds. That's wow. a big deal. You know what I mean? That so it's, it sounds small to people listening, but it's a very, very big deal. And I'm that's very proud of his work. You know, and he's going to be back here in a couple of weeks. He's in London right now, still traveling. But it's just uh, to overcome his obstacles in life, and hopefully he'll stick with it and follow right. him through. You know. And that progression, I mean, that wasn't something that happened overnight. How long did that take to get him there? A year and a half. I mean, really a year and a half. I mean, he's, he's had, you know, those type of issues. But even when he's out with those issues, I'm sending supportive messages. He's had to go to the hospital a few times. I'm texting, do you need anything? I'll come see you. And it's always, no, I don't need anything, of course. But uh, he appreciates the, the care, you know what I mean? So that, that uh, goes a long ways. And he's, yeah. you know, he's, you know. He's, he's working hard now, so that's good. That's awesome, man. That's a great uh, story of success. So someone comes in, and there's so many. Personal trainer is very interesting. Uh, someone who I look up to very much in the fitness wellness space said one time, they came out. I'm going to leave the names out of this. They <laughs> said, you know, training athletes is much harder than training your everyday person, you know. And maybe a week later, he came up with another article that said, I am sorry. I retract that statement. <laughs> Training athletes is much easier because they have a base of discipline, uh, structural organization, and the everyday person is much more challenging. It's neither here nor there. Either person is, is challenging. There's pros and cons of each one, yeah. Absolutely. You know, the re- I say like an athlete is trained to persevere and be tough and tough it out through all circumstances. Maybe your everyday person. I've trained some really tough people, but let's say they come in, they're very emotional. Maybe they're in tears, and they come in, and you got a big day plan. You know, everyone deals with this differently. How do you deal with that, Eric? It's like someone comes in, they're crazy emotional, they're almost in tears, they had a rough night, it's a family argument, whatever it may be, but you got a big training day, but they're here. How are you going to deal with that? I'm going to let them lead the way. Let's just try to talk about it first. Get out of the gym floor and go somewhere quiet and just talk and see what's going on, dig to the deeper issue. And um, it may not be a session. I, fortunately, I haven't had that ha- happen to me. But, I mean, I've, I've had people coming in with, you know, not, not quite as sounding like that. But right. so we just talk it out and just go from there. You know, in that situation, I know that I would go off to the side or upstairs and just talk to them about what's going on in life and mm-hmm. going on and just let them know that I'm here, here for them and we're here for them and stuff, stuff of that nature. Right. Awesome. And it takes, I think it takes years just to get to that place as a trainer because if you, 
I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I had gotten that maybe 10 years ago and the person comes in, that might have been like a, a landmine. I don't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, now it's like I tell everyone else that I work with, if someone's crying, what do you do? You give them a tissue. Yeah. You, know, you give them sure. a, you you a hug. I mean, yeah. You know? no. um, then you transitioned over to anatomy mm-hmm. at 1220. Um, talk about your experience at anatomy so far and the changes and differences that you see because you came from a great place Mm -hmm. you know of course i'm high on anatomy i think this is a great place (laughs) but what are the even if maybe if there's no differences that's fine but what what differences do you see if any and uh that's it speak to the transition oh the transition was um it it came it came very went pretty smoothly you know i mean i left there i think i've been here over two years and a month now or two years and two months i think march 31st 2015 was my first day here last day last day there first day here um but uh it, it was a smooth transition my first month was you know a um of course you don't walk right in and just kill it right away but i came at a time when you know, there was a lot of sign up still happening we were only six months new i think at that time so i was able to build up very very fast i left somewhere where i was very very full roster clients so the first month um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm putting in the time, putting in the work, and it, I was able to build up very fast because I was here a lot and, you know, engaging members and stuff of that nature here 5.30 in the morning until, you know, 7, 8, 9 at night sometimes. So I was able to build up fast, and it's just been, a, like I said, a great experience here. I think I feel like I've taken my education to another level since the last two years since I've been here. I'm, 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 I fly all over the country on numerous occasions to to different certifications, just trying to learn and implement myself that way. And just uh, the team here, I'd say the, any, the differences um, – I feel like we, there being a corporate facility, like I said, they're a great place for sure as well. I loved it there. But I think we, we, we pride ourselves on, uh, I guess the word is quality over quantity here. You know what I mean? As far as like the, the people we hire, they have to keep a certain number. Um, and I don't think we have to keep a certain number here per se. You know, but um, th- that's probably the, one of the main differences. The culture is definitely, you know, um, with a smaller group, we tend to be more interactive. And like you, the people we have here are all family type people per se most people are married or you know some have kids and stuff of that nature there's nothing wrong with the ones who aren't or don't but it's just a that more of a culture like there you're hiring something they hire people sometimes right out of college and per yeah. se there's nothing wrong with that either obviously but uh i think it said, it said the quality of a quantity here is definitely a, a bigger thing and we mm-hmm. feel like we we have a great product here as well more community base you know here um smaller membership base but it's just a uh I think we have a lot more, probably more to offer here as far as the recovery aspect as well, which is something that I'm, I'm high on, and I'm getting more and more into that as well with my training. So it's uh, it's important, and you have to have to take it serious. Right, all day. You think that some of the people there? I mean, there's certainly uh, a good number of the trainers that obviously look up to you a great deal. Do you think you can learn anything from some of the trainers here, and can you speak to some of them? <laughs> oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I look up to. I mean, like I, I think I've told in the meetings before. I'm. I'm jealous of the staff we have here because when I was <laughs> Grant's age, what, 30, 30 years old, however, 29, 31, yeah. whatever he is, I wasn't, he's much more polished than I was, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, he's years ahead I, where I was when I was 31, so is, so is Edwin, who's 28, 29, so is Sean, so yeah. is Ethan Rain, who just left, you know, so yeah. Jacqueline Case, and they're all, Alessandra's, you know, yeah. she's a, to be just her first job in the United States, I mean, she started at a much higher level of education than I did because of, you know, she she was took four or five certifications before she started here, you know. So I, I walked in with just a, at Equinox with an ISSA certification and a CP, CPR certification. Right. So then, I, then, of course, I got into some of their education, but I walked in with just a strong work ethic and passion, and that led to, you know, great things, obviously. But so it just, uh, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot from all our trainers here on the staff. I mean, it's so much, so much talent here. And I'll, I'll sit back and watch. And of course, the, the weekly meetings, we have the presentations and stuff. And I want to watch the, um, the, th- the seminar from last weekend um, when right. it gets posted or whatever. But, yeah, I'll learn from them daily for sure. You know what's interesting? Uh, <clears throat> Eric's, by the way, for our listeners, Eric is talking about when he says Alessandra, Eric's wife, Alessandra, works here. And she's outstanding. But talk about challenges. You can tell she's a story because she came from Brazil. English is her second language. And she had to learn English, learn training. And she is very intelligent, very personable, and killing it. Yeah. Talk about challenging circumstances. Yeah, I can learn a lot. from. If I can just incorporate her smile into my day, I would probably add 10 more clients just off that. But but that's – so, like I said, it's always a work in progress there, um, the smiling. So, yeah, I've really learned so much from all of them, her included. Like, she's – I think she's – 
one of the one who's also pushed me to like just focus on one thing at a time as far as education because I was getting out of hand where I was doing three or four things at a time, flying here, flying there, right. and just to sit back and needed to sit back and take it all in one thing at a time. Right. So I'll ride the west west side thing out. We'll take the mobility course here later this year, and then I have the, some stuff set up for next year already. So just being more patient with that, I've learned a lot from her on that aspect. But just the energy of everybody. I mean, Sean, Jacqueline, Grants. I mean, just just a beast. I mean, that training athletes, regular people. It just there's no, no one that I ha- can't learn from. I mean, I, I've watched you know everyone. Mark Lay the other day performing something that with a client. I was like, wow, that's a great move. You know, I'm yeah, going to implement yeah. that right away. So right. um, there's no one on the, on the roster that's not like uh, that I can't learn from. Good people, man. Surround great yourself people. with like-minded people. people. Yeah. If there was a young trainer, uh, uh, just uh, give you a hypothetical. I'm a young trainer getting into the field. What would you say? You know, give me some advice. Like, what, Eric, what should I do? I'm a young trainer. I want to be successful like you. What advice would you give me? Like, tell me exactly what to do. You want to start at, uh, I guess, a facility, whatever facility you're going to start at, and you just need to be there, I mean, all day, every day, and, and t- I mean, for quite a long time, probably forever. <laughs> I mean, definitely until you get a, a – I'd say my goal for, for, for trainers is shoot for, like, the 20 client – of course, you want to ed- all the education you can, but first coming in, you want to build business. You know what I mean. So, I think the goal for any trainer should be a, about a, especially depending upon where you live at. I mean, here I think the shoot for twenty clients because people travel so much here. You know, it's it's a wealthy environment. People travel, so you get to that number, you're I feel like you're always probably going to be full. Never stop adding, of course. I mean, right. I'll, I'll take ten more tomorrow, but you know, because I, I have the time, I'm organized, and I'm committed to what I'm doing. But to, for a young trainer, that's for sure. Take it. Find some mentors where you work at. Like watch what they do. You know, success leaves clues. Like you know, when I came yeah. in, um, you were the top Atlantic club. You and David. So I mean, I was going to be there anyways. But just watching what you guys did, I'm like, well, it's it's no, no, no not easy to see why you guys are successful. You're there drenched in sweat at 5 a.m. David's there at 5:30 a.m. Something like that. And I mean, you're working seven days a week. So just find those people. Um, put in the work. It can't. Your time off can't be in your vocabulary. Your first. It shouldn't be in your vocabulary. The first probably year, six months. You know, there's yeah. always exceptions. Always exceptions yeah. for sure. But um, we're focused on building your business, engaging the members, uh, getting to know them. I always tell the story about how I have like a, a menu planner, my first first day at Equinox, a little black fit in my pocket menu planner. Wrote down all the members' names, you know, if they would let me, I'd take the contact information and just way of just contacts every day. You know, it's a numbers game. You get to know people, you engage them, and don't just be about sales and training. Just get to know them and just talk to them every day, build relationships. It pays off. It will pay off. There's no way it cannot, right. not, cannot pay off, but no one ever listens to the advice that I give them. Right. <laughs> not, not Equinox, not, not here, nothing like that, but that's, you know, it's whatever. People use their phones now, but I, I, I like the, the black book, you know, I like to have right. it written down as well, you know, so right. it helped me remember people's names and just, just, just putting in the work. If you're passionate about it, you know, just, and you got to promote, promote yourself in a positive way as well. Don't, don't post you know, silly stuff. I think if you're new, especially, you don't want to do anything to hinder people. You know what I mean? It might not help you get clients, but if you're out posting pictures of you drinking, it can sure as hell hurt you. That You know, clients aren't going to tell you that, but I mean, they look back and, you know, why is someone going to spend good money like that to, if you're out you know, posting ice cream pictures or, or beer pictures or cl- pictures at a club, flicking someone off to something stupid. Just be a professional. Right. Be very, very professional. Yeah. Look at athletes in, in, in the field you admire. I mean, and, and pattern yourself after them. You know, success is, you know. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't really get the trend. Joe, this is outside of you with the flipping people off. Yeah, so Joe's know, an exception. Yeah, Joe's Joe, an exception. I, Joe, I know that's your trademark, <laughs> so you were doing it first. But outside of Joe, I'm not sure what the trend is of flipping people off on social media. But um, Joe can get away with it because he was uh, he can. first in for a decade. He can. He can. Um, he works 365 days yeah. a year, too. So mad respect. I've only met him once, but mad yeah. respect there. Yeah, and he, he's got two kids. Yeah. And, uh, man, I don't. I don't think he sleeps, man. Yeah, he's he, a, I don't think he, I get up early. But he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't sleep. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Um, so what about uh, some things that you know? Do you remember? Do you remember specifically? And if you don't, you mm-hmm. don't. But do you remember a specific aha moment? We were like, wow, that was a powerful learning lesson for me. Maybe when you first started training at the corporate wellness facility in South Beach, or even years later. Do you remember any aha moments where that was a powerful learning lesson for me, for good or for bad, where you kind of change your ways a little bit? I think just seeing people to come in and have some little success and they get comfortable and they never kill, you know, they, then I guess they get a big head. You know, I've never let that happen even here. You know, everything, every time we have our one-on-ones, can, Eric, do you need any more clients? Can you take more clients? Absolutely, I can. Yeah. You've never heard me say no and I've never said that to anyone at Equinox. Right. It's just, I think they get comfortable 
and uh, maybe they get a big head and you see some people I think the aha moments are people that up and leave facilities and try to do the, the one-on-ones or the private training because it, it doesn't really work out in most cases most cases it doesn't work out you know yeah and there's loopholes to that <laughs> yeah you know, there's huge loopholes to that. yeah someone someone told me the other day they said hey what do you think because if you're working at a facility that facilities in your pocket and they're taking half your money I said well I understand what you're saying and there's truth to that however think about it like this I'm going to draw a great analogy that I thought of this morning. You're <laughs> going to love this. So, Tom Brady yeah. took a pay cut. Sure. Why did he take a pay cut? To be a part of a great organization. When you're a part of a special place or a special team, there's perks. Those perks are, I'm going to keep your ass busy as much as possible. And I'm going to do everything I can to put you in a position to be successful. When you're on your own... You have to make that happen. And I'm not saying it's always peaches and cream, but that's the goal of the facility. That's why people work at a facility. And what else happens if you work on your own? You're running around at all ends of the city. It's a pain in the ass. The equipment you're going to work with is not good, so therefore your clients aren't getting optimal results either. I mean, I, I, I do, you know, sessions other places but i got my own equipment it's just not right. the, it's not the same you're not right. getting the same results i mean it, it just can't you can't provide the same results of, of a world-class facility like this you know yeah you just can't. and that's not to say that your person a trainer is not smart and they can't improvise adapt well, and I can improvise anyway. of course you can backyard sessions all the time yeah. but it's still not the, they're not getting the results that they could get in a facility it's just not going to happen i can't carry a squat rack in my car yeah exactly <laughs> if i could i would yeah. leave me i've got maces sleds i mean right step up stools (laughs) yeah and listen it's the same if you work at a boutique training facility and you're walking in the door and you're paying them two grand in rent that's the same thing maybe even worse than working at another place where you're keeping like 60 percent of the take yeah so we're trying to do our best to make sure that we surround ourselves with like-minded overachievers that honestly a lot of people want to be a part of this team. We're only taking certain, a certain, a very specific type of person. Let me say that. And there's a lot of great trainers out there. Uh, I always quote the movie Miracle. Remember that movie Miracle? Yeah. And they're picking that. the team, and Kurt Russell writes down oh, the guys he wants invited to training camp. He hands them to the assistant coach, and the assistant coach looks at the list and he says, "You're missing some of the best guys." And Kurt Russell gives him a eye-piercing look, and he says, "I'm not looking for the best guys. I'm looking for the right ones." Yeah. So. There are special people out there in this field who are outstanding. I could name a list of 20, but there's certain, it takes a very specific mindset to work around others that you're going to take your ego out of it. You're going to bust your ass. You're going to make good money. You're going to improve people's lives. And it's not just a me or it's all about uh, the I show, right? Mm -hmm. I, me. It's about other people, man. And the best trainers I've ever met in my life make it about the other person. A lot of people don't get that. But sacrifice on our end, sacrifice on the trainer's end, what meets in the middle, changing lives, period. Right. So let's transition a little bit. Talk about your your, your family because I know you're a big family person and you said that your family – you know, comes from a background where they don't have the healthiest habits, and you try to change that for your family. Yeah, I absolutely try to change it. I mean, then I mean, I don't know if they're open to it to one hundred percent, and they're actually they're not open to it one hundred percent. But I can't stop trying. My family back home is uh, my my uh, mother and my three sisters, and my stepfather. My, I, I recently got my mother. I um, started training for Christmas. That was her Christmas gift, and that's her also her Mother's Day gift. So she's definitely sticking with it. Um, you know that's and that's a start. You know, I mean, that's all I can hope for. That's amazing, start. by the way. That's all I can hope for is a start. That's the by the way for those out there, get your mother uh, some training sessions for Mother's Day. That's a good. That's right. <laughs> or that's your a, wife, or your sisters, yeah. or your whatever. You know, that's a great, oh, it's a great gift. You know, it really is. I mean, it's not not a better gift that you can buy someone some, the, the the gift of health or health towards health. You know what I mean? Right. So um, right. yeah, my mother, my three sisters, they're all good. I have a nephew who I'm, I love very dearly, and a niece who I love very dearly back home in Virginia. Um, so they're all they're all there. You know, they don't like to visit much. My mom doesn't like to visit much, but uh, I talk to her like every other day. Um, so she's uh, she's training now and she's doing some on her own as well. So that's a, like I said, it's a start. That's so, you know, it's, it's willing to help all I can. Right. But, uh, and your family, uh, your wife Alessandra, wife Alessandra and little Hershey here. Um, it's me and Alessandra and Hershey, who's eighteen months old, and that's that's the family here. And you know the group of friends I have here. Hershey's a puppy. Hershey's a puppy. She's 18 <laughs> months old. French bulldog snores as loud as anyone in the house and <laughs> eats, as, eats as fast as me. So she's a she's definitely my, my daughter. <laughs> That's funny. So you're, you're, I watch you eat all day. Eric eats a lot, but he eats very healthy. Right. Do you, do you venture out? Talk about your eating habits. What's it like? When do you let yourself like get out of oh, yeah. a little bit? Oh, Talk yeah. about it. I have a highlight. I call it Prime Fridays. You actually introduced me to this place 
in March of 2013. I remember the day to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Our first time we hung out, That's me, right. you, and Lewis. And That's then right. uh, I've been hooked on hanging out with you and uh, eating Prime 112 and hanging out with Lewis as well ever since. So it's been a good trifecta that night. But um, so like once a week, I'll venture out to that. And maybe we'll have something else as well. Like I might even order some um, Tokaya tonight. Yeah, yeah. Plug for Chris right there. Right. I actually do love the food. It's probably my second favorite restaurant oh, in yeah? behind Yeah, behind Prime. So, um, yeah, I venture out once a week there, and I'll eat whatever I want, okay. um, and I'll, I'll go all out. You know what I mean? I'll go all out. I, really, I surely will. And uh, that's – but that's – during the week, it's a shout-out plug for Lucia. I get meals from her seven days a week. It's healthy. It, right. it tastes great. And it's, it's – I've been with her like four years now, so it's just – it helps me stay in shape. You don't have to think about going to the grocery store, which I don't like doing. Um, it comes here. It's you know, It tastes great. And so I stay in shape. I try to stay in shape year-round as good as possible anyways. Yeah, it's hard to make your own food when you're working. If I did, it would just be like, yeah, it would just be like eggs and chicken. It would be very basic and asparagus yeah. all day. So she yeah. has, has variety, and it tastes great to me. So, right. I mean, I love it. Are there any other health modalities that you're included in your repertoire for just living a healthy lifestyle? And I don't know, Eric, if it's meditation, you know, the cold tub. How often are you doing those types of things? You know, you do the massage ball, whatever meditation, it may be. Meditation, I can't say I do it, but, like, I've listened to, like, Joe DeFranco and him say, like, they're working out as their meditation i feel like that's my meditation as well i don't really sit there and be quiet too often i don't occasionally i'll have quiet time five minute drive on the way home but uh as far as the cold plunge cold plunge i love to get in there and just do my programming and just you know, recover first off but i'll make it where i just don't have to think about the cold and just get in there and read a book or program or a podcast or something while i'm in there mm-hmm. so i do that as often as possible i like to, I like to be every day but usually it's like three or four 30 minute sessions a week you know so and how often are you, because I know you're uh, a massage person, you pretty much try to implement as, as many things as yes. possible for yeah. recovery. How often do you, are you getting massage? Not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough at all. Um, so it was one, last one was like two weeks ago. And that, uh, so that's something I got to get on as well. I'm definitely a, f- a fan of them. It's, it's just about finding the right fit and just, you know, making the time to do it. That's an excuse right there. But um, hey. Yeah. How many hours of sleep are you getting? I get good sleep. I'd say I get six hours a night I mean, six I think, hours I think that's good in the weekend I get a little more probably but uh, six hours I usually you know, sometimes I work till nine I'm usually in bed by 10.30 and I'm up at 4.30 or 5 so that's solid sleep though I mean it's not they say seven is optimal but I'm you know I'll get you know a little right. less than that but I feel you know I feel I feel the healthy diet and stuff like that and hydration t- helps out with the energy levels take us through your day you wake up what time 4.30 or 5 o'clock you know usually sometimes I'll sit up, get up before the alarm I get up I have my breakfast um, me and Alessandra We'll have breakfast together, and then we'll. Uh, I'll get up and I head to work. I have a six a.m. session every day, um, and then usually I'm booked until about twelve o'clock that that day. And I'm I'll sch- try to now I'm get to the point where I have to schedule my workouts. You know, so I'll block off you know an hour here, two hours there to work out. You know what I mean? So that's and I'm usually this this week I work till nine o'clock almost every night this week. So six a.m. to nine p.m. Not booked every hour, but booked a lot of the hours. So. And I'm eating, you know, I, I plan on my day every day. I'll get up and I'll see what time my sessions are. Hey, I'm going to be able to eat right here. I'm going to run up here. If I have to drive here, I'm carrying my food with me. As you'll see, I'll, I post that a lot. Right. I'm eating right. and driving across town right. quite often. <laughs> so you have to do that. You know what I mean? If you want to you want to stay on point, you have to You have to. I try to plan out everything. I'm, I'm OCD like that, and it drives some people crazy. But it's I, I go crazy if, I, if I'm not organized to the right. fullest. Well, I mean, if it helps you, it helps you. You, yeah. you know you. Yeah, you know yeah. it's going to help you, you know, put you in a position to be successful. You wake up, Eric. What's the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I get up and I, of course, wash my face, uh, and I get up and go go <laughs> get the clothes ready and get, get breakfast ready. <laughs> I, I know what breakfast is, but tell everyone else what breakfast uh, is. It's usually five eggs, six eggs, something of that nature, and uh, or anywhere from four to six eggs and a scoop of uh, oatmeal with some protein, chocolate protein, and, some, and three shots of espresso. Can't leave that out. Kazar, Kazar shots. Kazar shots, by the way, <laughs> if you don't know, are the strongest, the strongest espresso, espresso shots. That's it. No sugar involved at all, but the, uh, just uh, that's straight, straight black, straight and, raw espresso. And and I know if you have sessions back to back eating, I'm going to be realistic. I'd love to tell you that trainers eat every 90 minutes and it's optimal eating. But if you have like four or five sessions in a row, you're not mm-hmm. eating. You might have a snack in your pocket. I'll have but. that RX bar up front is what I'll do. I feel like they might be the healthiest bar. So pack, I, my go-to here is a RX bar. They laugh at me in a pack of cashews. Like my every, I have to have something like every three hours. I'll get like lightheaded, you know, right. and feel weak feeling. So I have to do something like that. And are you pounding water or a sports oh, yeah. drink? Water or BCAAs, BCAAs throughout the day or water, you know, either okay. or. Are you... Uh, what, what time is your last meal 
Do you are you the person? Because most some people say, "Hey, man, I can't eat right before I go to bed. I could eat a steak and just lay I down." I could too. I could too. Usually, we'll have like eggs. I Me, mean, her, and I will both have eggs at night right before we go to bed. Like eggs will be our last meal of the day as well. Okay. Four or five eggs again. <laughs> Or is Alessandra a big eater? She's a, big, a huge eater. <laughs> she says, she, that's the joke. I say, you eat more than Eric. She says, no, no, no. Same. 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 <laughs> and by the way, Eric's, what do you weigh, Eric? I'm two, like 42, 242. 242. She's not too, she doesn't she's look not, 242. She's not 242. <laughs> she looks very fit, but the fact that she eats just she as much eat, there is unbelievable. 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 But you guys train together as well. We train, yeah. Now we block it off to we're training at least, at least every Monday and Friday together from here on out. We'll block our schedules to do that together. Then we'll get in other other times when we can as well we'll get when schedules permit and you are you training what you said monday friday are you training because those are max effort days no that'll be like monday is the max effort lower body day and friday and friday is like the, the speed lower body dynamic speed oh, okay. day so like but we also got in like upper body max effort this week when we can but you want to definitely get in the lower body work with me because she's you know want to develop her legs a little more <laughs> shocker <laughs> a female that wants to develop her lower body <laughs> Is she liking the program? Yeah, she's liking. She's seen the results. She actually, she actually box squatted at two sixty five last week, which is amazing. Yeah, wow. like sat on the box, fired back up. Wow, yes, that's strong. You know, it's good. That's very strong. I'm not yeah. even so sure I could do that right now. <laughs> that's very strong. Yeah. Okay, so where do you see yourself in the next uh, three to five years in regards to training? Like, what do you want to do? Do you have any like pie in the sky goals, education, or even for yourself, Eric? Like, I want to be in a position to do A, B, and C. I'm definitely going to still be training one-on-ones, you know, um, at Anatomy 1220. I'm going to be, you know, definitely working with one-on-one people. It's going to be, I can't say that I, I mean, I think the management job is like, would be like a challenge for me. I know I have the organizational skills. I think I have the motivation skills, but I don't have the patient skills. But I know if I took a position like that, I, I believe I can flip a switch because then my role is different. You know, right now right. it's not different, you know. Right, right, I think right. I can flip that switch. Um, I'm confident I could actually. But right now I just see myself still being a, a trainer, you know, a high-producing trainer who my education goes, I'm, I mark those out like, you know, yearly and, you know, every quarterly or at least. So that's going to keep growing and growing and just getting better and better and better. I mean, want to be one of the best and just keep – Working my tail off to to work towards that, you know, never stop getting better. The white belt mentality, you know, right. that's, that's real. You know, you have it. I ha- we all have it here. You know, so tell them what the white belt mentality is. Or- the white belt mentality was um, brought to my attention. Probably the best cert I've taken thus to date is probably the CPPS cert uh, certification with Joe DeFranco and Smitty. And Smitty just brought that up. You know, like the first day of the certification, he has a white belt mentality. You know, what I mean, I think someone else had told him that, and it's like you know, always learning. You know, you mm-hmm. sitting down talking to whoever you're talking to, and just ask questions you know mm-hmm. you're always always learning you never evolve i see how he he's on social media as well and he's always flying to different certifications as well he's like why well, can't i just you know be happy where i'm at but he always wants to learn you know he's a very smart guy as well so it's just uh, right. the white melt mentality no matter whatever field you and always try to learn and get better at that field and just in life as well you know mm-hmm. husband you know partner you know whatever you may be just white belt and you're always learning in all fields of life facets well, of life right what's interesting about <clears throat> eric and i think a lot of the people here yet anatomy our, our circle our team call it what you will they're not you know eric thomas inky johnson inky johnson excuse me powerful speaker refers to being a public success and a private failure you know you could be the best trainer in the world but if your family life is shit what good are you right i mean we want to be amazing trainers we the reason we want to be amazing trainers is not to pound our chests I mean, telling people that you're the best is absolutely useless and an ego-driven thing to do. We want to be great to help people, to yeah. be better at helping people. Yeah. And it doesn't start with strangers. It starts with our family. If we can be good with our family, which I self-admitted, I need tons of work to do. Yeah, but, well. I mean, that's everything. I get frustrated daily, man. And I go, well, I wish I was better at this. And the reason why I get frustrated and upset is because I'm really not good at certain things and i got to be better. What are your thoughts? I understand. Yeah, definitely. You gotta. You, you want to be good in all facets of life. You want to be a. You know, you want to be a great husband. I, I know you are, and you want to get even better at that. Me as well. Um, great to your your team, and you just you, you got high expectations and standards for yourself, like I do. So it frustrates. You know, you. I mean, you're gonna. You're only gonna get better because you care. First off, you care, so you're gonna get better at both. And that's what I hope to do as well. I, I definitely mm-hmm. care about personal and professional growth. And like you said, don't be the. The private, you know, the public success, private failure, that's, that's something that can't happen, you know. So. Right, right, for sure. Well, let's transition now to uh, to um, our speed round of questions. Okay. And I'm interested, I think I may have some educated guesses of what these answers <laughs> may be. But let's hear them from Eric. Okay. So, Eric, this can be one word, sentence. Right. You can elaborate whatever you want, man. Right. Favorite food? 
Oatmeal. <laughs> oatmeal. But it's not just oatmeal. It's oatmeal with what? With chocolate protein in it. Chocolate protein. It's easy. This guy pounds it. I love it. Favorite ritual? Working out. Working out. F- unique habit that no one knows about? Unique habit. Uh, that, you want, that you're okay with sharing? I don't, I don't really know about a unique habit. That I, don't know. I don't know. Okay. You uh, sing in, oh, you sing in the car? I do Play. sometimes sing Adele at 5 a.m. on the way to work. That's a, that's a unique habit that no one knows about me until the other day I brought it up. If you see <laughs> a 6'3", 242-pound, very fit man singing Adele in Miami Beach in the morning <laughs> in his Honda Civic, that's Eric's story. That's me. That's me. Okay. Uh, favorite pastime? Pastime. I guess movies are working out. I don't right. know that stuff. Right. Movies. You're a movie guy, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Favorite sports team? Redskins, hands down. Cub, Redskins, Cubs, they're, they're equal. I can't right. say anything, but they're tied for first. Okay. So give me, this is going to be twofold, and I'm changing mm-hmm. it right now. All right. So it says favorite athlete, but wait. Favorite athlete of all time, and then favorite athlete who's playing right now? MJ and Tom Brady. MJ um, of old time and Tom Brady of now, and I feel like they're very, very similar people. Um, you know, so very, very similar people, special right. individuals. What's your favorite attribute of Michael Jordan? His mindset. His mindset is just. I mean, just just his mindset was just special. And like I said, I think it just he was talented, but his mindset was just special. I just okay. wanted to, I mean, just so competitive and so just wants it so bad. You know, what I mean, that's just great. yeah, unbelievable. Uh, remember Come Fly With Me oh Dr. yeah I still have that on DVD at home <laughs> it's moving man it really is moving if you haven't watched Michael Jordan's Come Fly With Me it's basically his documentary uh, how he came to be but it's great so Tom Brady what do you, what do you love about Tom Brady <clears throat> Tom Brady is just the ultimate professional I feel like him and Michael have a lot of the same characteristics about stuff but I think Tom takes you know health and recovery more serious but I think if Michael was today's generation I think he would be the same way you know right. what I mean he just grew up in a different era you know so I think Tom takes it all so serious good family guy and just like I said just just complete leader um the big moments don't scare him you know it's just there's always a comparison of other people but there is no comparison I mean he right. just delivers in big games he's done less more with less around him per se than any other quarterback I've ever seen and just a clutch player team guy family guy and he just takes what I love about him is he takes his health and nutrition and recovery serious and then you see that he's playing at such a high level at age nearly 40 oh, he yeah. wants to play another 10 years so it's this he just loves his, and it, the fact that he just loves his job so much, he wants to play f- forever, you know, and that, I admire people like that, and that's what motivates me, and I kind of try to pattern myself after people like that, you know. Oh, he loves his job, all right. <clears throat> what do you think, he plays another two years or four years? <sighs> it's really up to him, you know, yeah. and it's really up to him. I mean, I can't, there's showing no declines right now. I mean, right. zero declines. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. <laughs> okay, uh, favorite movie of all time? Probably The Town. The town. There's a lot, a lot of that's good a tough choice as well, but good it's, it's uh, the town is really good. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, last book read. Last book read was Underground Secrets of Running by Barry Ross. You like it? Like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Lot, yeah about the sprinting. Uh, uh, outside of training, what was the last book you read, or maybe you didn't? I don't know. What was the last book read that I don't know? Uh, inspiration, self help that you could tell people about. I don't know you don't that. Remember. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I know you did. It's just it was yeah, yeah. I know Eric's crushing training books now. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's All right. Uh, do you have a favorite book? A favorite book? Um, just it would be fitness related right now. I mean, I have a I remember a book I got when I was a kid. Uh, Bo knows Bo. I remember oh, loving yeah, that book and reading. I was a Bo Jackson fanatic as well. Right. I remember that's probably like a book that stands out as a kid. And for me to read as a kid was hard, like you know, pulling teeth. But I definitely read it cover to cover a few times. Favorite TV show. That's a trifecta there as well. I'll give you all three. Billions, House of Cards, and Homeland. <laughs> that's all a sh- three. Yeah, that's a strong three. That's some heavy TV. <laughs> right I, I, it's hard to win Billions on. I love Billions. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I can't wait for, I think it's May 30th, uh, Frank Underwood is back, baby. Yeah, House of Cards. He's a freak, man. <laughs> he is. He's a freak. Maybe he'll find his way into anatomy That would be again. great. That would be great. That's Bailey. He's a guard dog. Favorite type of music? Man, I don't can say I'm really not a music guy and that's people might well, tell me what you're listening to when you train uh, usually podcasts there's right. some songs I've downloaded like fast paced like old school hip hop you know there might be a casual hip hop right. song but podcast or motivational speaking you know so okay. there's like some a little bit of rock in there as well but I'm not really I don't that, the radio in my car has never been played okay okay um, favorite quote 
the the one that's on that picture you got me. Some people want it to happen. Others wish it would happen. Some make it happen. Michael Jordan. That's yeah. one. I've had many quotes that I love, but that's I can't. It's, it's probably one of my favorites for sure. Tied yep. with you know a few others. That's a strong quote. Yeah. Mentor. Mentor. Let's say I'm going to throw a few in there. Um, uncle Billy, who passed away in 2011. Um, another uncle, Doug, and I'd say yourself. Yourself. With a positive mentor. Since um, Miami, definitely yourself for sure. Appreciate that. So I, I got this from Lewis Howe. Do you know, you know Lewis oh, yeah, Howe? Oh, yeah. So Lewis Howe asked people at the end, and I thought it was terrific. I said, man, I'm going to use that, and I'm sure Lewis wouldn't mind because he's a positive guy and he's trying to uh, spread positive energy. <clears throat> if you could have a quote or a one word, one word or a phrase, whatever, on a billboard that would be on the highway, what would it be and why? Quote or a billboard? Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's no. It's a tough question. It's certainly a tough quote question. Or a, quote or quote or was the other one you said? Uh, it could be a quote or a phrase. Like I said, uh, I think I said, "Be kind or help others." You know, and that's just because there's not enough of that nowadays. Really not. Uh, yeah. It's, so, yeah, what would you say if there was a giant billboard and you say, "Eric, you get to put one word up there. What would it be? Or a phrase or a quote that you like or something?" I always say someone's going to help the world, but that's me. It doesn't have to be that. It's your choice. Man, this is the toughest question I've ever had. Yeah, this is this is a tough <laughs> question. By the way, everyone struggles with this question. Uh, hey. Live with passion. I mean, it's like because that can go to work and family. You know? I mean, live with passion. Bring passion to your family, and, and but that'd be live with passion would be the billboard. I love it. Live with passion. Do you have any Eric story? By the way, can be found on Instagram at Eric Story Fit. Eric Story Fit and the other social media platforms. I don't, I, I don't. I'm not active on Twitter. I have an account, but I don't even know what the name is. To be honest okay. with you, and Eric Story on Facebook. Right. So check out his uh, Instagram, Eric Story Fit. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug right now, or a- anything at all, or anything you want to speak to? Just uh, Anatomy Twelve Twenty is great trainers. Um, that's the only plug I have. Uh, just come see us. We have a lot of talented people here from top to bottom. There is no weaknesses, and just come see us. I'm looking forward to working with you and meeting you. Awesome. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for making time. This is probably his only uh, four-hour window of the week off, (laughs) and he used it to be on the show. So thank you very much. Honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Magna Method Podcast, and we'll catch you next time with another outstanding guest. As Eric's story says, live with passion.